I saw a thing about this on Netflix. It's a big thing where you think, like, I gotta get it authentic. It's gotta have the right ingredients made by someone who knows the the one and only authentic way to do it. When, like, really, if you live somewhere, the best version of it you're gonna get is someone who knows the science of how it's made, yes, but knows how to apply that to ingredients that don't have to be flown in. So if you want to get, right. like, like good Japanese food, but in, you know, a, a, you know, middle of Florida, for instance, it's, it's I don't... Okay, maybe. Does Florida have a big fish trade? What the f*** is going on down there? Speaking as a food expert. Um, as a food, yeah. Big foodie. Yeah, big foodie. Big foodie Chris Vangelis over yonder. Uh, welcoming you all to WTF and TFW. Hi, TJ. We, we introed the podcast. Good on us. Yeah, good. Was that an intro? Does that count? It, it does now. It's episode 571. We're uh, we're re- reassembling things after a combination of me being in Germany for over two weeks and having like three timely game-related supplementals happen at the same time. Now we're, we're just sort of slotting back in track. And uh, hey, you know what? We already got knocked off track slightly. Aaron is is busy with a medical concern, not his own, but of a loved one. And so uh, we're still going to proceed with the plan. We're basically going to spend a while catching up on some listener questions here because I have another, I think, 15 I haven't opened yet to put in the Google Doc. Oh, jeez. Uh, so we're emptying out some of the, the old summer stuff here. Uh, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Those of you who do wish the, the podcast is happening more timely with the news and everything, I do apologize. We're just rolling with it as it comes. Uh, it wasn't possible to keep things running on a, on a proper schedule. And personally, I don't mind. I, I don't think anyone's like, I don't think uh, Aaron or TJ mind. TJ, I'll just speak for you while I'm staring you in the eyes over Skype. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. Do that. <laughs> Uh, read my mind that's right but uh we're just we're just gonna roll with it we're gonna get we're gonna get back in sync with news and stuff we're still gonna have podcasts come out about news even if it's a little bit late whatever we're doing our thing uh the worst thing you can do is give up and i haven't even though i also to compound matters further have german bronchitis trying to birth itself in my neck i'm fighting it with german vitamins so we're keeping things on the level but uh yeah, TJ. No, you gotta get those good Canadian vitamins that it's not used to. Well, I, I got some of them happening, too. I've been mixing my nationalities of medication, and I'm only Ooh. slightly mutating. I was I was playing at a... I, this is gonna freak you out, TJ, but it's true. I was playing a Transformers trading card game tournament today. I know, I never <gasps> talk about that game. Oh, oh God, I, I don't even know you anymore. And I'm still trying to run the super rare Shockwave deck, uh, Major Shockwave, which is a highly complicated deck. And I've been doing it now for a couple weeks after not playing the game for nearly a month, while riddled with German fatigue and now illness. And, you know, you know what? Maybe my brain's just growing new electrons. Maybe that's what's happening. Because that's how they work. That's how you get new electrons as they grow. <laughs> I mean, Shockwave would do that if he could, yes. Hey, it's in my cyber nucleic acid. Um, speaking of which, I, sh- I need to say this in a TCG podcast as well, but I learned, some of- me and Aaron debuted some cards uh, from the upcoming set, and f- I found out, this was not on purpose on any, any party, uh, two of the battle cards were revealed were two that uh, a friend of the podcast, Kryn of Kryn's Industries on Twitter, uh, did coloring for. It is her first official Transformers work, and uh, I think that is friggin' Ooh. cool. 
Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, Studio Vault, like, like I'm I'm not sure if I'm accrediting all this the proper way, but as far as I know, Studio Volta art director is Sarah Petra Duroche, who's a pretty darn cool Twitter user who happens to do some pretty cool uh, Transformers art on the side. Uh, and as art director, I fe- it seems to me like she's gotten a lot of really talented colorists from the fan community involved in the uh, fresh art being done for battle cards and a couple character cards in the current TCG sets and uh, seeing these names, Crins and, and other folks um, pop up saying, yeah, I did colors on this. I did pencils on this. Like, it, you know, some established artists as well, but like, it's really cool seeing all of these fan uh, community artists and established uh, artists of the franchise who are, I think pretty clearly fans themselves coming together in the, in the TCG, like the TCG providing that medium is, is making me really pleased. So anyway, that's, that's a very prolonged shout out. I wanted to give, um, <laughs> I mean, a, a lot of industries work that way where the people who come up now, it's like if they've been around long enough, the people who are in it now were fans of it when it was a young thing. Mm-hmm. But it is cool now that we have things like the Internet and social media where you can go, I knew that person before that happened. Yeah. And I could see that progression. Well, and that the TCG is like it is official Transformers product. Like, I, I, I it's kind of I feel like a, a step maybe gets skipped here and there. where It's like, oh, I'm just coloring on this. And I'm like, y'all. Y'all worked on official Transformers product that I have bought yeah. and used, yeah. like, <laughs> or will buy and use with the, with, sorry, with the new Siege stuff. Yeah. You did something they printed hundreds of thousands of copies of. Yeah. Anyway, the TCG, uh, TJ, you should give it a try sometimes. Pretty cool. Uh, I don't know. We, we never talk about it, but. Uh, uh, yeah. I was in a GameStop that had the Devastator set on clearance and I was like. Someone was trying to goad me into getting it, and like, no, I, I don't need that. Devastator said, <laughs> it's, uh, "It's pretty good set. It's pretty good set." <laughs> I actually was struggling, struggling a little bit in Wave Two, but with Wave Three introductions of other cards, I think it's really picked itself up. Anyway, that's a completely separate topic. Also, we were talking about food. Uh, Germany's got really good food, and TJ, you were at you were at Epcot uh, World at Disney World, having some of that world mm-hmm. food with the flown in chefs and everything. Um, yep. very very tasty everything was quite good quite impressive except for the peach tart i tried to have which was literally just a tart crust with half a peach on top well, uh, what nationality was what what land was that from uh, it was it was germany adjacent oh was it the dutch i don't <laughs> Um, You're putting me on cultural point now. The Dutch, by the way, I was in Amsterdam airport a couple times. The Dutch really have it uh, as far as food is, is concerned. They really got it laid out. Um, they also have Rituals, which is a great brand of uh, of personal cosmetics that I've gotten oddly into. I never thought I'd talk about it on this podcast, but I got some Rituals uh, 24-hour facial uh, moisturizer. And did you know that facial moisturization is intensely refreshing? Because I don't do it enough. And I now I got this imported stuff, and I'm trying to do it more. And it's, it's oh boy. Anyway. <laughs> Um, what was this about? Transformers. We're here to talk about Transformers. Yeah, uh, somewhere we were Transformers. So this this episode, 571, we're going to focus a bunch on listener questions uh, for this one. we got basically, like, we're going to try to hit, like, five of them, at least, and then see where we're at. Um, so uh, if you do want to send in more, please bear in mind, when you're listening to this, we still have, like, 15 to go. Um, so it's not like if you send one in now, it's going to just go boop, right into the next podcast. Uh, backlog still happened in that sense, I also blame all of the, 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 the toy show things, the fan expos and etc. But uh, 
also blame myself. Anyway, TJ, first listener question here is from Bowtied Trombone. This came in in the spring. Uh, it's our last one from the spring. So con- congratulations. We finally finished the spring. Right. Uh, we did it. Yeah, we're only two seasons behind on, on this particular one. It says, Greetings, Vangelis and crew. Something that's been floating around in my mind recently is the idea of who will be the voice of Megatron in the hopefully inevitable sequel that will follow the Bumblebee movie. Growing up during Energon and Cybertron and being a fan of uh, Beast Wars, I'd really enjoy seeing David Kay take up the role on the silver screen as much as I appreciate Frank Welker's classic deliverance of Bucket Head. I prefer Kay's more cold, calculating, self-described Shakespearean tone to Welker's raspier, you're an idiot Starscream. What are your guys' thoughts? Who would you prefer prefer uh, to see and or hear? Uh, Kay Welker, uh, another actor like a Hugo Weaving, who, fun fact, literally phoned his lines in via Skype call. This is true. Uh, which <laughs> would love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Keep on providing the awesome podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think it was like Hugo Weaving was on a Skype call, but he did properly record his lines, as far as I would understand. Yeah, and... <laughs> yeah. So, you can't get that out of a Skype call. We've tried. I mean, you can for a handful of seconds at a time. So I guess there is there is the barest chance that he was able to do that. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I'd love for Hugo Weaving to have another go, but I think he's sick of it. So I, I wouldn't blame him for like wanting nothing to do with that anymore. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like, I, I the thing about David K in a movie Megatron is, I think you kind of would have to structure the Megatron around David K, and if it's going to look like Buckethead Megatron, I don't think it's really going to work. Uh, no, no. Like we've heard David K do his Megatron as other Megatrons, thanks to the the the, the uh, Unicron trilogy. Mm. But, like, it's not quite the same. It's like, you don't you don't get that Shakespearean cadence that you get with the Beast Wars version. Yeah, you, no. he needs the freedom, I think, to, like, kind of, to gesticulate vocally and not, not have to, like, match lip flaps, which, admittedly, I expect you wouldn't have to do for a live-action well, film. Of course not. Um, although, like, depending on how they shoot the film, like, there's the chance that you'd have to still fit your lines into however they shot a scene. Uh, although, I mean, Bumblebee certainly did not come off like that nearly as much as the Michael Bay films of, like, trying to just cram this dialogue in while the actors pretend the robots are there. Um, Mm -hmm. that's a podcast we still got to do that I still want to do is talking about the Bumblebee movie. We're just, we're letting it ripen. Oh, Oh, yeah, we never did that. You know what, though? I was thinking about it the other day. That's the Transformers movie where I feel really excited to watch it again like a year later and, and talk yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I had a friend coming down and visiting for a while. I'm like, okay, you, you're going to watch Bumblebee with me. He's like, no, I got to watch it with a roommate. And it's like, no, no, you have to watch it with me. What? Huh? huh? I'm looking. I'm looking for an excuse to rewatch it. Yeah. Can you imagine if like a year later, I mean, not to bag on it, but I, I mean, I don't I think a lot of people agree it was really a mess. Like the last night. If we a year later were like, yeah, let's sit, let's sit down and watch it for a podcast. I think it would just be a really angry podcast, <laughs> like without the spectacle of seeing it the first time and in a theater holding a bucket of popcorn. I think you'd, you'd lose something with that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if I'm sitting with the MST3K guys, maybe. Like well, the thing is, Age of Extinction. I actually have a lot of fun rewatching as long as I can talk to someone during it and not like making fun of it, but like explaining just some of the weird stuff about that movie. Because mm-hmm. Age of Extinction mm-hmm. is still like I still say it's the best one, just because it's a weird, it's a weird monster that needs the the eight years of the other nonsense to have existed to have context, and then like. It it doesn't irritate me to watch it either. There's something fun about that movie still. Last night absolutely was not. I, that's actually 
It's not the worst one because there's still stuff in it that's fun, but it's a lot like it's a lot like <laughs> Revenge of the Fallen. It's like I want to just fast forward to like 15 minutes of total of scenes. Uh, and then, like, not get into the rest. Do you, do you remember in Revenge of the Fallen that that Sam Witwicky has a pal? He has a buddy who's with him for most of the movie. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I I do. I constantly forget that, and then when I see a clip from that movie, I'm always like, "Wait, who's that?" And then I'm like staring at that guy for like two whole seconds, where I'm like, "Oh, right, that was a character." <laughs> <laughs> It's like um yeah, c- or, comedic yeah. sidekick number two. Yeah, or or legitimately, I have for at least a year at a time forgotten that there are hackers, th- like three of them, in Transformers One, like in O Seven Transformers, like that whole crew of characters, the the ate the whole donut plate characters, like th- like those I remember well enough. I forget them all the time. Like I'll see I'll see a clip where they're in it. I'm like, who's that? Right, right. The one the the one with the, the glasses who's smart, and then the goofy one who ate all the donuts. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, just the, the ones that Frenzy was trying to kill. Oh my god! Who was trying okay. to get a message? Who was trying to get a message out to the military? Would you believe I forgot about that till you just said it? Oh my god! <laughs> Like, oh, right, they did something in the plot. I was literally about to say, I don't even remember how they exited the movie, because that's how they exited the movie, was that was their plot. That's right. Oh, yeah, boy. Frenzy got his head cut in half, fell down, and then they went away. Right! Right! The, uh, the uh, Bad Boys 2 scene! It was the Bad Boys 2 cinematography homage. Right! With the, the circling camera thing around the room, and he's got the... Anyway, sorry about that, Bowtie Trombone. Uh... <laughs> I, uh, I, so Frank Welker. Yeah, Frank Frank Welker, if you let him be old man Megatron like in Prime, I think he still has it, although I think he expended a ton of that energy on Prime, uh, which in my, I would call that the performance of his career, that Megatron. Um, it was incredible. Okay, okay. let's... Uh... I mean, that's a, that's a hard one to say, considering the man's played Freddy from Scooby-Doo for 50 years. He has... And I've at times questioned whether I think Prime Megatron's still the performance of his career. I still think it is. I think Mystery Incorporated Freddy is a close second. Uh, this is not saying that all of his other performances suck. I just like, I think that those are two performances that just stand out so hard because he, he put a new spin on characters. He, like, one character he has played before and after Mystery Incorporated for that long. And and Megatron to to take that voice and make it work after, like, kind of it didn't work in that one video game, that Revenge of the Fallen video game. Uh, oh God, I forgot about that. That was the one that made me so worried that he was going to be in Prime because that's all I could remember until Prime actually aired. Uh, I think Welker could do it because you know what? Turns out he's talented. <laughs> Yeah, uh, turns out he's kind of good at this. I think he would need to be directed re- like very well. He he'd do whatever the director says. He's a he's a, an excellent actor um f- by all accounts, but like if you direct him to just do G1, I think we will hear the age in a way that will distract. If you direct him to yeah. do like an old uh like kind of haggard actual millions years old Megatron, I think it would work. Uh but it would it would probably be directed to be somewhat one note if I'm being honest, like just given the way those movies tend to be. Yeah. See, there is part of me that just, that in my mind, if you're going to do Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, 
there's nobody else I would want as Megatron because the two just go together. They do. They, they, like, they, they play off each other really well. They both, it makes them both sound the same age, like, which is kind of a weird thing to say, all things considered, but like, it, it does help. Um, I think it was re- in the Machinima trilogy. Um, oh, what's his name? Is it Mar, Jason Marnot, Marnoka? I always get his last name wrong. Uh, the guy who played Megatron in the Machinima trilogy was was a, mm-hmm. a highlight, but also it it tended to sound really weird in opposite to a, a Peter Cullen Optimus Prime. Uh, it made Megatron sound younger in in a way that was kind of odd. Um, yeah, but like when he gets this, when he gets to be the lead character for the thir- for Power of the Primes, like. It just stands out so well. Yeah, I, I still need to watch the rest of Power. I know you're going to say no, you don't, but I do still need to watch the rest of Power of the Primes. Uh, <laughs> you you kind of do, just so you can see, just like, just have the entire th- thing in your head to completely, just com- just completely justify the whole thing, I guess. It is, by the way, Jason Marnoka. I looked it up, <laughs> so I was, I, I guess I wasn't wrong, um... But yeah, I, I mean, I saw I saw the clip of like what happens to Victorion, and I was like, it was stupid, but it also made me want to watch it because I was like, yeah, that that is a perfect that and like what they did with the combiners, especially the ones whose voices they didn't have ready to go anymore. Uh, it was so stupid and so wasteful, but like such a perfect mm-hmm. example of that whole thing. Uh, I never even heard Ron Perlman speak. I didn't get to that. I, I stopped watching after Volcanicus merged, and I don't think I watched again after that. <laughs> uh. Yeah, uh, I still need to finish it. <laughs> Ron, Ron Perlman's performance is kind of the uh, kind of the antithesis of Megatron. I heard it was bad, is what I heard. I heard Ron. Oh, it, oh. yeah, it ain't good. <laughs> I heard Ron Perlman was asleep while he was doing those lines. Is what I last heard. So I, I got to check it out. Still, yeah, <laughs> yeah, credit, yeah, credit under Ron Perlman and Xanax. Yeah. Uh, Ron Perlman police are on the way over. I don't know if you can hear that, but, uh, nonetheless, I'll say, I'll say the truth as hey, it was paraphrased to me. Hellboy comes knocking on the door. I'll let you know. Oh, you know what? Oh, uh, actually, no, Ron Perlman, Hellboy. Okay. No, you actually you had a successful run. He'll, I was about to, I was about to lay at his feet. The, uh, the, the burden of the more recent Hellboy film. Um, uh, no, no, don't you dare. Another one I actually kind of want to check out. I heard that it, like, as a movie, it was a mess, kind of like G.I. Joe 2, in that there was no real through line. It's kind of like a clip show, but I heard it was a really pretty clip show. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so, that, so, so those are, so David Kay, I don't think would work with a buckethead. Frank Welker, you'd really have to let him be old. Yeah. Uh, who else would you, do you think might work in a lot, in, in the Bumble, in the Bumblebee movie as we saw it, who do you think could do, be a pretty good Megatron voice? God, see, I'm tr- I'm trying to think now, exactly, like, because there's, hmm? I I got ideas because tonally, there are a couple actors who I think could work. It's it's on the back of Shatter and Dropkick, really, like how mm-hmm. much they carried the movie. They kind of set a good tone for a villain voice where it's like a little cartoony, but a little bit like good '90s TV sci-fi. If that makes any sense. Uh, mm-hmm. So like they sound like a real person is the thing. Like that that's kind of what yeah. I would want. Like, there's part of me is thinking voice actors who have that kind of deep tone to them that could pull off more menacing voice as Megatron, and mm. it's also just, who have I never heard in Transformers that I would love to be in Transformers? Yeah, who can we and, who can we get on a guest list sometime in the future? Like, yeah, like, and, like, uh, names that come to my head are, like, Keith David. 
Keith David would work. I mean, he's you know who's a talented actor is Keith David. He, uh-huh. he could he could just make it work. I think. Uh, I was actually going to say Corey Burton getting another shot at Megatron. I don't know if he'd want to because I think he would want it to just be animated. But mm-hmm. um, Corey Burton's very talented as well. Uh, there's there's a lot of talented voices. Um, I'm just thinking like like something a little bit off like off kilter, a little bit like off to the side. Like there's there's a couple character actors that could be fun. Maybe it's because I just saw him in a Lindemann music video. I kind of want to see Peter Stormare do Megatron. Uh, sorry, Peter Stormare. Uh, he's a he's a character actor. Um, often plays Russians. He was the psychiatrist in Until Dawn for all y'all gamers out there. Anyway, I feel like a a real ballistic Peter Stormare performance could be a really fun movie Megatron if you want to go for a bit more of a maniacal like a scarier version of a cartoonish maniacal 80s villain I think Peter Stormare as the voice could be a thing uh I don't remember if I've heard him in anything you probably have you ever heard a Russian sounding character actor like do you remember uh remember Mike (laughs) this is a weird pull remember Michael Bay's movie with the 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 Aerosmith and the the Meteor Bruce Willis Armageddon Armageddon. I think Peter Stramari was one of the Russian cosmonauts in Armageddon. Who was like, all this American garbage! And like, that was kind of his whole tone. Uh, go watch some footage of the psychiatrist in Until Dawn. That's that's some real, like, uh, some real can- can- some candy bar potato chip Peter Stramari. Uh, he was also in the opening of John Wick 2. He was really good in that. And he's got an energy that I think could work. Um, I, I would really take anyone as Megatron as long as they 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 choose a tone for Megatron and find someone who matches that tone. Because there's a lot of tones I think you could go with. Do you go with '80s cartoon villain? In which case, I think you got to have it sound sound a little ridiculous but terrifying for the live action twist. Do you go with cold and calculating? In which case, just call David K, please. Uh, yeah, and maybe don't make him look like G one Megatron at that point. Uh, go for something a little more original. Um, oh, there's there's a lot. Megatron, I think, does not st- still does not really have a perfectly defined character voice um, outside of like quotable Welker lines. And even then, I think like really, if you're going to say Welker's Megatron, you're looking at Prime Megatron uh, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. So it's it's really difficult to say. Um, this is a lot of goofy character actor things, or like older actors whose voices I think would just be fun. Obviously, I'm biased. I'd love Werner Herzog to have a go at Megatron. That's a real, a real like thinking, non-violent but utterly dangerous version of Megatron. Just quiet, mildly German. You know, be something to that. <laughs> Werner Herzog is mildly German. Yeah, <laughs> Werner Herzog is in uh, the Mandalorian. That made me really excited for the Mandalorian. All of a sudden, hmm. um, you know what? Actually, okay, let's... This might sound like a meme. It's not. Mads Mikkelsen or his brother. One of the Mikkelsens. Get us a, a, a Megatron Mikkelsen. I'd be into that, too. Anyway. You know what? Also, just give him Mads Mikkelsen's face. Like, just CG photoreal... Paint, <laughs> paint Mads Mikkelsen silver. And just have... Film his face while he records the lines. Uh, anyway. Uh, thank you for the question, Bowtie Trombone. Apologies for taking an entire season uh, to get to it. Um, 
DJ, next one here is from uh, Ezim93. Uh, it says, hey, gang, not sure if this is an honor or even, but I just wanted to wish the best to Seth and hope he can pop back up now and then. That's someone, by the way, Seth, uh, uh, you might remember him from this podcast. Uh, someone I plan to, to poke about talking about Bumblebee as well someday. Uh, I'm no longer on a timeline. It's a good movie. We can talk about it whenever we want. Speaking of which, Ezim says, I recently got 3A Deluxe Bumblebee. While I'm impressed with the build quality and half to the figure, I'm terrified of posing it. Everything's nice and tight, but I'm afraid of moving something in the wrong direction because that might cause a collision or breakage. Do you have any advice for what is my first ever bought 3A figure? TJ, I did not actually read any of these before I copy-pasted them. So, excellent. Did you did you get 3A Bumblebee? <laughs> No. <laughs> All right. Well, because I, I have bills to pay. I just recently got him uh, in production form after having uh, had the test shot on loan. Uh, what I'll say, by the way, TJ, it, look into it if you can. It's n- it's not going to go anywhere. It's it's like a sub one fifty dollars spend. But if if you want like a really good Bumblebee robot that doesn't have to turn into a car, probably the best one. Uh, speaking of which, ease him. Uh, I might have answered this to you directly on Discord or something. I can't remember anymore. <laughs> but what I'll say is, look at the instructions. Uh, the instruction sheet that comes with 3A Bumblebee is pretty clear uh, about like what is in danger. Um, to be honest, just when you move the legs and the arms, there's little sticky-outy bits. Just look at where they are. Um, a lot of them are on double-jointed hinges, so you can move them out of the way beforehand. That's really the main thing. Um I, I want to say it's really just the ones on the arms that tended to, like, snag on stuff, but I i don't have my production one near me now. I can't remember. There's a little sticky-outy thing either on his... I think it's on his biceps uh, or somewhere on his arms where you, you just want to make sure it's not in the way of the elbow bend when you're bending the elbow or it could get snagged. Uh, that's really the main thing. Otherwise, like, just, you know, treat it well, but have fun with it. Um, next question from Malunus T... Uh, of Tokusatsu, uh, Tokusatsu Net, I believe. Uh, the place that does all the really good, uh, Soto coverage. Um, I can't remember anymore. Tokusatsu Network. That's what it is. Tokusatsunetwork.com. Uh, Soto Pop Podcast as well. I was on that recently. Uh, well, a couple months ago now, I guess. But anyway, he asked a question. I, I like Malunus. I wanted to give a shout out. Um, <laughs> Malunus used to do postings of, of audio of our podcast on YouTube before um, the YouTube <clears throat> channel then. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Malunus says, I don't know how I ended up with so many versions of Blot. Someone sent me Rotgut from Transformers Prime. Then I bought a knockoff of that combiner team. Then another. Then most of the official recolors of Blight. I just kind of enjoy amassing a family of smelly robot goblins. What's a toy you didn't expect to be a collector of? I specify toy because we already wit- witnessed Vangelis's TCG journey from ironic enthusiast to legitimate mentor. I am no mentor. Uh, going by my recent performance, let me tell you what. But uh, yeah, un- unexpected collector of something, some kind of toy, um, specifically. I'm going to say maybe specifically in Transformers, although I have one for outside of that. Uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you one outside if you give me one. All right, all right. Uh, well, mine, and this is super weird. I'm still doing it too, even though I dialed back. Fortnite toys, the McFarlane Fortnite <laughs> toys. Like they're good. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they're. <laughs> I'm sorry for enjoying it. Did you see the new one that just came out? There's a. Um, I don't remember the skin. It's a werewolf with a machine gun. Oh, Dyer. Dyer. McFarlane put out Dyer, 
he looks incredible. Like he's got um, fully jointed digitigrade legs. And like it's still the big ball socket ab crunch and everything. He looks like a really good toy. Uh him and Aim are are two exceptional action figures that happen to be Fortnite skins. And the the thing about Fortnite is its skins have so little rhyme or reason to their like visual aesthetic as far as like a connective tissue that eventually they'll just make one you think looks cool. You know, so thank goodness the base buck or whatever, not even base buck, but like the base skeleton is a solid one. Uh, I still, I bought a couple extra ones at Fan Expo, the, the, uh, behind Todd McFarlane's booth, there was a, a toy dealer that was like the official McFarlane toys dealer. They had Fortnite toys on the last day. They were not only, uh, th- like something 25 or 30% off. If you bought two of them, you got a free vehicle. So mm. I bought two discount Fortnite toys and got the ATV for free. <laughs> Which I think is literally the only vehicle. Uh, also, they're, they're, they put out two gliders. Okay, they put out two gliders. And I know they're doing the shopping cart as a multi-pack. Yeah, the, the gliders as vehicles, they're, they're glorified display stands. Like, I, I don't have any interest in them. Um, but the ATV, I still yeah. haven't even opened it. But that thing is friggin' solid feeling. Like, that box feels like I could kill somebody. Um, so yeah, TJ, that's mine. I, I, I haven't even played Fortnite in like two months. <laughs> Of play now. They just put Batman in the game. Pardon me? Uh, uh, yeah, they're doing a Batman event. Tilted got replaced with Gotham City. Is what? Okay, is the robot still in? Uh, which one? The two-player robot, like the, the mech. The two. Oh, the yeah, but they toned it way way down. Okay, because I, I never actually tried the mech either. I just want to pilot a mech. Uh. I need to, man. Okay, well, and, but yeah, they're I, doing they're doing a big Batman event. Oh man, I, I want to get ahead of this too. If you if you want to come and go like Fortnite's not real video games or something. Sorry, like I played it. It's fine. It's not like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't like hold it up as like a pinnacle of games innovation. But it's a very solidly made video game, uh, with, with a lot of stuff in it, and and you know maybe some. Actually, no, we confirmed some very mistreated. Uh, you know, people working on it as is throughout the video games industry. But yeah, <laughs> wait, they're doing the, the banana peel. <laughs> Sorry, TJ just sent me a link. The, the McFarlane Fortnite toys are very good. I didn't know they were. Mm. I don't know if I need the banana man. Oh, that looks really good, though. I mean, maybe the hips aren't going to. I don't know. It looks like they're... I just. I love the I love the the vibe of the toy line that produces this cool robot and they're producing like the prisoner that's just all locked up with lava flow and all all these really cool designs and then banana man yeah the the banana like they they have the friggin um like I've skipped a couple of them now like I didn't I didn't see the prisoner either damn that looks really cool because like some of these designs are just cool looking like aim the robot looks cool. Uh, Omega and Carbide look cool. I was able to skip, like, uh, Jonesy, because he just looks like G.I. Joe to me. Uh, and, you know, there are a couple that have been like, that looks fine, but I don't need it. But then, you know, they put out stuff like the, like, the wild cards who look incredible. Uh, and, and the part where they're from Fortnite is like, oh, that's a footnote, by the way. That's why they all come with a gun and a backpack. Um... Ragnarok is one I've been staring at, but I don't think I need Ragnarok. But then I saw Overtaker, who's like a common rider, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got 
like three different versions of Overtaker in the game as a skin. He's out now on shelves, so I'm kind of like, well, now he'll be there for a while because they're making infinite Fortnite toys. But like, if if he ever goes on sale, I might. I'm probably gonna like Overtaker is the next one I'm looking at. Dire definitely. Friggin' the, the friggin' the prisoner. Yeah, Peely maybe maybe Peely. <laughs> Got me staring at Peely now. I also saw the Ice Stare King. At the banana. It's like a there's an 11 inch tall McFarlane Ice King, but it looks like it might be as good as the little ones, just gigantic. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, oh, what was the one? They did the Raven as like this weird like 11 inch scale, but it's not articulated. Yeah, so that one I saw, and I was like, okay, that's just going to be like a big statue with some cuts. But then I saw the Ice King at an EB the other day, and I was like, wait, he's fully articulated. Like, he's got double elbows, at least. Maybe th- that's all he has. But, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't want to keep going on Fortnite too long. But, TJ, that, that is my non-Transformers thing I didn't expect to collect. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is still a toy. Uh, what about what about you? Uh, for non-Transformer, um, for me, and I've, I've brought it up in what we got every now and then, is uh, the... Figurized standard Dragon Ball Z models. Oh yeah, where, where like before I had figures are just some of my favorites. I got Vegeta, I got Cell, I got you know uh, Super Saiyan two Gohan, and the, those are like my figures, and that's that was fine. I didn't even need a Goku. Like I just felt like eh, I don't really need a Goku. And then I just got one of those models because well, that's pretty affordable way of getting that character. Oh, and this is kind of fun to build. I'll get another. I'll get another. I'll get it. It's half a shelf now. Mm-hmm. Because I've got most of them, and, like, a couple weekends ago, took a trip to the other coast to my favorite comic book shop, grabbed a Gotenks. Like, it's not even, like, Super Saiyan 3 like I would want. It's just normal Gotenks. Yeah. But, like, but I love that model series. Yeah. This is making me think of another one now, to be honest. Uh, going off the band, I think Soto Common Rider I never thought I'd be this deep into. Like, it's only, like, three years old, but, like, it excites me more than Fig Arts now. Uh, and it's only growing, like, Soto Common Rider. Like, they, when, you, when Bandai does, like, a good sideline, like, Figure Eye Standard, I'd call, like, a more, like, expensive kind of sideline, but still a bit of a sideline. It's not, like, one that's heavily featured where they're going to do every single character necessarily, but then they sort of just start doing every single character. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Soto Common Rider is, like, like, I would say if you want to collect Common Rider toys... Soto and Shoto are like the place to go because it turns out whoever's running Soto and they've, they've now had it, they've passed the torch once and they're maintaining the dream. Uh, every single suit gets a figure if it's a rider suit, along with most of the, the cool villain suits. Uh, like the stuff they've been showing for, for zero one is like so exciting. Um, and and I when I got into Soto, it was just like, oh, I just want I liked Exade a lot. I want to collect an Exade line. And then it, it turned out that Soto turned into like my main common rider collection now. But I remember you being into the small scale figures before. Uh yeah, back when Motion Revive in in oh seven oh eight. Uh yeah. And when they, yeah, because I gave you one at Bacon. Yeah, well, because there was that, and then they brought they brought it back in a way with Shoto. Shoto was really cool. But Shoto was also like so limited. It always felt like, well, they're never gonna they're never gonna hit everything with Shoto, and then Shoto pushed it really hard, and then separately Soto started to push it really hard, and like Joe Scale Common Rider is is a fleshed out line now. 
is exciting. Like they're they're about to get into O's with full on combo swapping um in like two part segments. Uh and and Soto is also super transparent about the toy production process. Uh in and, and, and some of the improvements on the zero one line are in this very specific niche form of like, hey, if you buy a box of the O's Soto figures, uh, or, uh, yeah, the O's one is the, is the big one. Um, zero one is also another one where like, if you buy a zero one set, it's not one of each thing. It is enough to have one of every full figure is the new mantra. And, mm-hmm. uh, Soto Chronicle O's, they're like, yeah, there's, this is so it's going to be sold in two part sets and you need sets one, three, and four to make Tatoba, the, the main three color form. If you buy a box of 10, you get enough to make every figure and all the dupes are dupes to make that Tatoba form and it's like they're they're even sticking their fingers into making the collation be friendly. Uh that's how you get me excited about like lions, you know? Like you make me you make me feel wanted to be there. Make 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 me feel like you want me to stick around. I don't know. Uh Transformers wise, I'm actually I've been thinking about this in the back of my head the whole time. It's hard for me to say like something Transformers wise that I didn't expect to collect, although I I thought of one. Because with Transformers, I, I, I like them so much, it's more like I'm choosing to not collect parts of Transformers. But I kind of ended up going semi-completionist on the masterpiece Datsun. Like, I think I'm only missing the anime color Prowl and that new uh, anime colors. Is it Smokescreen or Blue Streak? Like, the the plus versions. I, I, I haven't uh, tracked I think those sm- I don't think Smokescreen's out, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But everything before the plus versions, I ended up collecting. Cause I, I like the Datsun design a ton. Uh, and I, 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 it was just one day where I, they were all on sale in Big Bad, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna get Blue Blue Streak, and I'm gonna get this other one. Like, sure. Uh, so that that was kind of unexpected. TJ, do you have any any Transformer stuff that kind of took you by surprise? I'm trying to think of a, because for so long I was like, oh, I need to get one of everything. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> so a lot of that got lumped in by default. Um, the most recent example. Is the Cyberverse Spark Armor figures? I'm almost on that precipice. I've held off, but like they also all just went on sale, like like some I think twenty percent off this week in Canada. Because uh, they look super tempting. Because it's like also the nicest Cyberverse figures. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I we we had a conversation on uh, who was I uh, talking to a friend of mine? I forgot where this was now. But like I, w- I was like talking about some of them going like yeah I heard this one I heard this one uh, I heard basically like yeah that that Bumblebee Optimus class is pretty good and they're like well except the Megatron I'm like right right Megatron's a pelvis tank and they're like yeah yeah I listened to TJ talk about them too and I was like oh right that is kind of the entire basis of my experience with these things <laughs> is that that one what we got where you'd gotten a bunch of the, of the uh, the larger ones uh but like have you been going are, are you still kind of going full completion on them? Oh, oh oh yeah, I'm waiting on Grimlock to come in front of Amazon. Oh man. Uh like when I was in Orlando for Epcot, I just wandered into a Target cuz I needed to get a power bank for my phone and hey look, there's Shockwave. Mhm. So like literally like now now this is a hunt. Like I was hitting targets on my drive back down to home. Mm-hmm. Couldn't like trying to find Ratchet because like if if Shockwave's in Florida, Ratchet's got to be in Florida. So I'm just looking for ev- everywhere I can, and of course it's the only target that has Ratchet is the one that's ten minutes from my house. <laughs> I, I saw both of them actually in Germany while I was there, um, where they are much more expensive. But then I saw them in Canada too, and 
because the larger ones uh with with the uh, like basically the, the good bumblebee wave um showed up i was like i really can't go full completion on this i need to i need to start doing my thing with cyberverse that talks me out of buying cyberverse toys which is like i only want the ones that appear to have neck swivels uh and then barring that the ones that appear to have like incredibly fleshed out limb posability uh so i was able to hold off on i almost bought shockwave and i was like i don't think i want to get him until he's cheaper i watched a video of him instead and even then the colors look so nice <laughs> um but i was eyeballing ratchet and prowl as well and then i was just the thing that that always checks me with those basically until i start pestering people like yourself about which ones you think are cool is i i remember the the colossal dichotomy between skybite and starscream uh so i shouldn't say oh, oh yeah like not dichotomy i should say that's the wrong word but like the massive gap of quality between the two and it's like i i can't trust that every single one's gonna hit it because in one wave they had like a abysmal star scream and an incredible skybite uh so i gotta be careful but um i'll pester you about that later on is what i'm gonna do uh anyway i hope that answered your question malunus we got another one here uh this one comes in this question is another one comes in from destron supreme uh superpowers some transformers have them others don't it's been that way from the start quite frankly Destron Supreme is of two minds on them as a concept. Some are entirely crucial to a character's identity, like Skywarp and his teleporting. For the most part, those those seem fine. Uh, anything with sci-fi tech origins, like Trailbreakers Force Fields, Acid Storm's Chemicals, Mirage Turning Invisible, Bending Light, all sits well uh, with me, quote. Uh, then there are the ones that jump the shark, for some reason or another. Heat Wave, giving sentience to non-sentient machines just by talking to them. Uh, Starscream's Immortal Spark, uh, my beloved Soundwave's off-forgotten ability to read minds, makes my eyes roll, and don't even get me started on the B known as processor over matter especially when it makes prowl a force ghost what it comes down to essentially is i hate magic in transformers uh funnily enough i think magic was the one thing they tried to avoid in, in animated outside of the ninjas um that's me editorializing i'll continue the question to me they are beings that represent the pinnacle of our current understandings of engineering and science and i find anything to do with supernatural or superhuman feats uh without logical explanation clashes with that notion exceptions for me are unicron primus quintessa and other ancient transformers or deities or the matrix uh otherwise powers are better off forgotten in my opinion so what are your opinions on magic and transformers uh what are your favorite powers what are ones you feel are better off forgotten etc um so it's really I, I don't mean to editorialize on the question right away. I do think it's kind of funny that I've, I, this is kind of a common thing I've seen, which is kind of people are like, I want Transformers to be sciencey robots, but also the deities are fine. Uh, and I always wonder if that's rooted in, in the whole part where like deities may well just be like even more fancy technology that we just can't comprehend or not. But, um, right. TJ, how do you feel about, about superpowers and Transformers, magic and Transformers? Do you have some favorite ones, some least favorite ones? Just bats I mean- them around. There, there, there is some validity to that. I do prefer the ones that can be explained in technology because it does seem to fit the flow of the characters a little bit better. Mm. Um, I can't think of any offhand that, like, I like in particular. You know, like I li- like Hound's holographic ability is probably one of my favorites because like there's so much you can do with that. Mm. Like, I like that this guy who was supposed to be the friendly one, Earth. Also has the potential for the most deception. That's how he makes so, mo- so many friends. Yeah, he keeps he keeps like, entertaining them, giving giving them what they want, what they think they want. Yeah, but like I get, I can. There's like it. It depends on how you view it as like, like you said. 
is it technology? Is it rooted in like actual technological concepts or is it just technology we don't understand yet? You know, like I think to like when you mentioned sound wave being able to read minds, like that's him like like putting his fingers next to your head and basically reading the like the electro pulses in your brain. Mm. Yeah. You know, so like I I can I can see where there's a technological reason for why he can do that. The Elite One stopping time, on the other hand. Hey, listen. <laughs> uh time is a science. I've watched movies about it. <laughs> I've watched every Terminator movie at least once, and there's a there's a <laughs> definite through line in those. Time travel makes supercomputers stupid. That's the through line. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I to be honest, actually, I really, I really like um, stuff in Transformers that kind of goes beyond technology because the very nature of a living machine entity is already sort of outside of science and engineering because they're not just they're not just mechanical; they are literally alive uh, mm-hmm. in that sort of unmistakable uh, way that cannot quite be quantified, and like stuff like. Uh, I think it's part of why I like stuff. I still I like stuff like combination. Other than it being cool, it's also like it's it's almost like forced physical evolution uh, into a greater being. And 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 then you have you have stuff like um, the the way that in, in the comic series Till All Are One, the way that the the Combaticons were represented when they combined into Bruticus uh, was such an incredible representation of that notion. Um, so like I I like it when it's a little grounded, but I like having a bit of magic here and there as long as it's it's magic in in the service of super science. As long as it's like magic science, magic technology, then I'm I'm kind of into that. Uh, which I think is sort of the very light division between something like the way that they combine and that you have this sort of merging of selves in a way that if you try to tell me there's a technological reason, you're making it up because uh, you are. It, that does not exist in technology. The mer- of psyches together uh but there's a thing between that versus you know on one side and then things like processor over matter on the other processor over matter it, it just like is a little bit silly uh and you know and it's it's tied into starscream's immortal spark it's a, the whole notion of the spark i think is fine it's more when you try to it's oddly when you try to quantify the way that it can leave the body and still exist is when i'm like Somehow this is getting dumber to me than if you just tell me there's a spark and that it's 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 part of how they you know it's it's, it's what the soul is, uh, yeah. Because it, it, like if you just say yeah the spark is where the, somewhere between the spark and the brain is is where their their personality is. I'm like no nah, that's 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 metaphysical. That's that's still metaphysical. If you try to tell me that's not magic, that's it's still magic, but it's not like and then you can separate the spark if you use processor over matter. Because then I'm like well that's. That's astral projection stuff. Like that's not bad, but that's you, st- you gotta you gotta give me something to work with. Like the best magic in fiction still works within a a certain narrative sense of grounding. Not even a set of rules, but just a sense that there's a grounding to it, or that its power is derived from something. Even a simple force of will, um, mm-hmm. some, something raw and emotional, as opposed to concentration and humming. I would say. Um, but yeah, that's like for me, like really, like combination. I think is my favorite Transformers magic, and it totally is Transformers magic. Uh, that and and I, I do like the idea. I really like how John Barber made the original thirteen work in the previous continuity. Like just that in the Optimus Prime ongoing, the the Onyx Prime reveal and the exposition after that was to me utterly incredible. Like that was fantastic mytho- mythological type stuff uh, with a living robot species. Um. 
you know, and, and also kind of crushing down a weird form of pseudoscience on top of it. Uh, anyway, hope that answers your question, uh, Destron Supreme. Uh, we also, I, I added one more in here, uh, just to empty the Google Doc. Um, this is from Spine. Tricked me. Yeah. This is from Spine98. He says, hello, podcast crew. I feel like it's been a while since I asked a question. It has been, because it's been a while since we got this one. And this idea recently popped into my head. Sometimes when I'm just sitting at home, I tend to pick up a transformer or two from my display shelves and fiddle with them. I'll transform them a few times, pose them up some, maybe even snap a picture. I tend to find myself picking the same ones up over and over again. Namely, Titan's Return Blur, Power of the Prime Swoop, and Generations Warpath, a figure that I just really, really like. Do you have, or do any of you have any bots that you always pick up and fiddle with? I hope this isn't something that's been asked before. Uh, thanks in advance for your responses, Spy98. I feel like we've been asked something like this, but I don't remember when, so it has never been asked before, uh, canonically. I mean, this is one of those where, even if we have answered it before, there's usually so many changes in what we are picking up and fiddling with that it's worth answering again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we answered this like in 2012, like no, I'm not. I'm not still picking up and fiddling with the same figures from 2012. Right. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've got a couple I can think of that I, I just really like messing with right now. Um, first one, I'll, I'll just throw one out here. The the New Age Datsuns. I was just talking about Datsuns, but New Age's third party Datsuns, the uh, pocket scale ones, are so good. Uh, and uh, hey, the Jazz is pretty good too. But the Datsuns are. There, there is something uh, hard to describe because it's not just tactile and it's not just engineering. There is something perfect about messing with them uh, in either mode or transforming them. In, in whatever I do with them, they are so unbelievably satisfying. Uh, it, I have six of them and at least three are on my desk at all times. Uh, <laughs> the other three are over on another desk. <laughs> The reason I have six is because I can just put one anywhere in the apartment, really, really, technically. Uh, so that's that's my main one right now. TJ, what about you? What's what's kind of a primary one? And funny you mentioned that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, like, there are ones that I've gone through. And I will put down for a while, and inevitably they will make their way back. And he mentioned Generations Warpath, like. That's absolutely one of my favorite figures of all time. Oh yeah, I, like, I would I would agree with that. I've uh, not even Warpath specifically, but also like years later, if they if you know there's the, there were the Botcon redecos or something like that, like f- mm-hmm. for some reason or a, a Japanese release or something like that. I, Warpath might not be one of those, but there have been figures like Jazz uh, where I got the United one years later at a toy show, and then I was like, hey, you know what? Jazz is still really good. Hmm. Uh, for ones that are more recent, uh, the one I en- end up picking up and playing with the most is also New Age, and it's their flipper, their little mm-hmm. bumblebee. Oh, is the one you, yeah you turned me on to ages ago. Who guess who's next to the Datsuns? <laughs> yeah, guess who was next to my bumblebee as I was picking it up off the desk? Uh, who? Because I might I I, I might have I might have done more New Age since last we spoke. Hey. <laughs> I'm actually behind. They suddenly came out with a bunch of stuff, so I'm behind on New Age again. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. When they produce like every possible iteration of a character, well, I'm even leaving those out. It's more because they keep producing like every version, then clear versions of every version. It's like when they suddenly release a new toy. I'm like, wait, you put Insecticons out? What? When did that? Wait, yeah, Ironhide Insecticons Ratchet? now. <laughs> <laughs> they also just put up on Facebook we're shipping Megatron. I'm like, excuse me, can you? <laughs> Slow down. Botcon was just last week in July, and 
<laughs> I'm still recovering, I say in the at the end of September. Uh also I was going to say, usually, like, something new with a good transformation, it's not like it's always there, but it does linger at my desk. So, like, um, Magic Square and Transform Elements Masterpiece-sized Optimuses were both sitting with me for a while, because they both have very good transformations, I feel. Um, and barring one step, what I'll say is, MP44 has kind of chilled out with me for a while, because uh, I, I like his transformation a lot. I wish that the there's I'll talk about this later. There's a part of the transformation that gets irritating like Masterpiece Movie Optimus Primes does where you're like why doesn't this part just stick? And it's not a big problem. You don't actually notice it at a glance, but you know it's there and not locked in and it's irritating. But uh, uh one of those. Yeah, it, it, very specifically like Masterpiece Movie Prime, I feel. But that aside, they're like turning him from truck to robot is like clockwork is happening, but I'm manipulating it. It's so cool. Uh, and so, you know, when, when you engage me like that and I feel like there's flow to the transformation, that's a really important thing. Then one of those figures will stick at my desk for a long time, uh, until I'm like, it's getting dusty here, even though I'm transforming it a lot, I need to put it in a cabinet. And then that's when they take a break for a little while. Um, some official toys, too, will just end up, like, for whatever reason, it's sort of random sometimes how they chill out here. But, like, uh, what was it? Siege Optimus was chilling on my desk for a while, and I didn't even really mean for him to, but he's just a good Optimus figure and a, and a good action figure that turns into a truck thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I did the same with Ironhide. Yeah, I, I, not, not even to transform him. I just think he poses so well. Yeah, I've I've still not even I've still never found Ironhide on a shelf that wasn't in a dealer room, and I, now I have Ratchet, and I've, I've only had him for a couple of days. But almost immediately, I was like, this boy can pose. Like this is a mm-hmm. good posing body. Uh, and he comes with a wrench. It's great. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I hope that answered your question, Spine ninety eight. Uh, that one specifically, I'm going to say is the real standout one that I want to hear from more listeners about, like what your, what what some of your just like like inadvertent f- um, favorite fiddlers are. You know, not even really by intention. Uh, that's kind of stuff. That kind of stuff in- fascinates me. Um, I think that we'll cap the listener questions there. Unless TJ, do you want me to dig one out from my inbox of unreads? Do you want to take a chance on this? I mean, we've been going for. But a solid hour on this. Yeah. Uh, Let's do one. <laughs> okay. Go. Sure. Because there's a wall of unread PMs, and then there's one unread PM between two red ones, and it's bothering me. So <laughs> okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to click that one. I've actually, I do read these when they come in. I get an email when, when I get a PM, so I can read the question in advance before. I leave it unread so I know which ones are in the Google Doc or not. Um, so I'm just going to hit this one. Uh, this comes from the Brick Lord. Uh, oh, I remember this. <laughs> uh, so, um, oh, I need to I need to get a bunch of stuff out of here. The Brick Lord sent this in uh, after after TFCon Toronto, uh, and I'll I'll say the PS now. Uh, Brick Lord attached a photo that. Uh, hang on, where's yeah? He took he took a photo with me and Aaron in the dealer room, and oh my god, my hair looks terrible. Uh, <laughs> But uh, he says it was one of the highlights meeting us. Um, so, you know, Aaron is, like I said, he's, he's, he's out with a thing right now. Um, but uh, Bricklord, I will, I will, maybe I'll just post this in the thread. I will expose my terrible hair to the thread. Uh, if you're okay with that. I don't know if you, I'll reply to you. I'm, by the time you hear this, I'll have replied to you saying, can I post this in the thread? That's what I'll say. Uh, 
So, Bricklord says, Dear WTFTFW crew, by some twist of fate, you are the puppet master behind Lorenzo de Bonaventura's statements about the future of the Transformers live action movies. What would be your ideas to fuel his statements? So, TJ, what kind of stupid nonsense that I refuse to cover on the podcast anymore would you have Lorenzo de Bonaventura start <laughs> saying about live action Transformers movies? And I, I, I guess in my case, I'll try to think of ones that would specifically irritate me because they would obviously be him, like, just hitting the random button on the tf wiki or something yeah uh, like what if he what if he out of nowhere went like hey i know you all are interested in these transformers but what if like what if we were to have a a side movie perhaps on a streaming service uh direct to direct to service direct reviewing service of uh something perhaps on another planet a planet populated by beasts who battle did you know the Battle Beasts were in the Transformers universe? Not many people do, but I, Lorenzo Bintavano Ventura, do. <laughs> what if we had a Battle Beast movie? Would people like that? I think people might, but maybe they wouldn't. We'll never know, except for when we do. That's the kind of nonsense he'd say. It's like that complete yeah. nothing at the end of all that. Uh, uh-huh. Anyway, wow. Yeah. I made that up and I got mad. So, TJ, how you doing? <laughs> God, can I compare? To randomly bring in Battle Beasts? I mean, it's, it just feels like it's kind of thing, right? Or like, yeah. like throwing out a word well, like me... Angle Maw energy or something. <laughs> yeah, just, well, just, yeah, like absolute randomness because that, like, I, I'm still not sure exactly what he was getting at. I'm not sure. At some point he thought that, like, that, what, that Bumblebee was, what, a reboot, a sequel, and a spinoff at the same time? Here's what I think he was trying to do, is as a producer, he was trying to figure out how to, on record, take credit for every possible scenario while simultaneously divesting himself of responsibility for any possible scenario that doesn't work. Which, when I, like, like you know what I just said and how that sounded like nonsense? Welcome to a producer's yeah. brain, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> There are good producers out there. I'm being mean. Uh, Lorenzo de Bonaventura is just a really irritating one. This part of me, this part of me has like, okay, like I, like I kind of want, I want him to announce like that Bumblebee Two is going to make the movies canonical to G One. Yeah, and, like they've always, they've always been canonical to G One. You just don't know how yet. Well, no, remember he never says G One. He always says the Gen One. That's his thing as well. He always calls it Gen One. Okay. All right. You know, it, it, Gen one. Uh, the next film will, will it might, like I know a lot of you've been talking about uh, the the uh, the continuity, uh, and you know, continuity. What is continuity anyway? But also, what if Bumblebee two were to tie our continuity together cleanly with that of the Gen one? And then I that's that's actually where it ends because that's it's a magazine snippet or something like that. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Well, I mean, well, I mean, we have like. We have the last night that brought in Unicron. Unicron is an interdimensional being. Unicron was in G1. Oh, Unicron's in Bumblebee 2. No, Unicron was in the Gen 1, you mean. The Gen 1. I can't completely get my brain where his is. I trained myself. <laughs> so I'd be able to deal with this if it becomes a problem, alright? Uh, prepared yeah. myself. <laughs> I became the enemy. Uh, used my empathy for ill... Uh, 
Yeah, or, you know, yeah, it would be something like, hey, we, we, we touched on Unicron in a previous film, which is, hey, may or may not be somewhat related still. Who knows? What, who can say, really? Is there anything left to say? I mean, there's no stories left to tell about Obi-Wan Kenobi. But regardless, uh, Unicron, uh, even though you may not think he's around, what if maybe he always is or has been? What is it to be always around anyway? I don't know. You, the fans, can decide. Hey, guy, I wrote you some more Lorenzo de Bonaventura copy. Just, just want a tweet that just says, gee, time travel is sure neat. Hashtag Bumblebee 2. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, but it's, it's got to work in some meaningless stuff about the fans, too. So time travel sure is neat. Is it, though? The fans will decide. Hashtag Bumblebee 2. Hashtag Bumblebee fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, hey, fans loved it in Beast Wars. And the fans love Beast Wars. I bet you didn't know that me, Lorenzo Bit of Bonaventura, uh, knew that there was time travel in Beast Wars. Yeah, well, I do, because I'm a fan. Uh, and so for you, the fans, hey, what if there was time travel? I mean, Bumblebee was in the 80s, and that also was in the past. Uh, do I have to do many more of these? Can I stop doing this? <laughs> it's actually getting myself annoyed. Uh it's making my bronchitis flare up getting annoyed at lorenzo by pretending to be him getting annoyed at my fictional version of lorenzo uh so anyway i I hope that satisfied your request uh the brick lord it was nice to meet you uh i I hopefully remembered to reply to your pm to ask if i can post the photo um this is really stupid because i bet you this photo has already been posted on like twitter or something i bet you i was tagged in it and i liked it or something too but uh this was this was a little ways back anyway that's one from the pot now i gotta refill the google doc before our next go at these so uh thank you all for sending in questions like i said please feel free to send in more just like bear in mind we have at least 10 more uh that i have not yet put in the google doc so there will still be a bit of time but uh you know, I'll, I'll try to keep democratizing these out as long as we don't have, you know, toy news or general fatigue getting in the way. Uh, speaking of general fatigue, I don't got any. TJ, you want to talk about things we got this week? Sure. Let's talk about Transformers we got this week. Let's get on top. Let's get on topic. We already alluded to at least two things. So mm-hmm. we're halfway there. Um, TJ, I just want to straight up ask you, what's the new, what's the fresh new age stuff? I got to know. I got, did you, did you get like a hot, fresh copy of that Megatron? Was yours one of the ones in that photo I saw of the shipping <laughs> crates? <laughs> no, 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 I, no, I don't get, the, I, I don't get the hookups for all the advanced stuff. I, and, I'm not, not that high on the totem pole. It's not even hookups. It's just like, did you, did you just head to Taobao and order it straight from China or something? <laughs> How keener have you gotten? No. <laughs> No, this came from TF Source. Okay, so you you waited for it to hit America. Yeah. All right. But no, uh, from New Age, I now have uh, Monero, they're Jazz, Mm -hmm. Harry, they're Prowl, and McCoy, they're Ironhide. So the Ironhide and Ratchet took me by surprise. I know Mm -hmm. nothing about them, so I want to poke you first about this. How do you feel about Harry? And I need to ask, how are Harry's joints? Uh, Harry is Prowl. Yes. Okay. Uh, aims aim to me. All right. There, uh, there's a propensity for some Harrys, not all of them, to have kind of loose joints. I have one who's got kind of loose joints. Uh, I, there's a couple, like, there's a couple things on him that could be tighter, but nothing that's like, oh, wow, this kind of ruins the whole thing. It, it's fine. Yeah, it's sort of the same on mine. Um, 
That's it. Even though you haven't told me if you like them yet or not, I would say look into one of the three very painted ones because they almost feel different. Uh, yeah, I'm still debating if I want to go multiples on these. The the very painted ones are, are the, the, like Silver Streak, uh, Blue Blue Streak, and Barricade are the three who have a ton of paint on them, so they're like another five bucks. Uh, but they feel so good. <laughs> I was so debating. I was so debating between Jazz and Ricochet. I have not handled the Ricochet. Um, I don't know if there's a big difference between him and Jazz. But I, I almost picked up Ricochet, but then I was like, I saw the Shockwave instead, and I was like, I kind of want the Shockwave. Um, but how, how are you feeling about, uh, about uh, you're going to say Prowl and, and Jazz first up? Because I know those two. Okay. Okay, so there's part of me in my brain where every Prowl toy I've gotten kind of feels same-ish, because to get all of his details where they need to go, there's only so many ways you can play with him. Yeah. So, you know, I think, okay, New Age, New Age has some really clever engineering to what they do. You know, they have some really, really cool pocket size toys. Let me, you know, maybe, like, they're pulling some kind of magic with Prowl that I'm not aware of. He does feel like a Prowl. Like, he kind of just kind of has the the same old Prowl scheme going on with where his arms go, what his legs do. Mm. Uh, he is very clean at what he does. Like, he is an exceptionally nice Prowl. Yeah. And I, I like I love the I love the level of articulation. I love the I love that he's a tiny prowl with an ab crunch. I love how they snuck the ab crunch in by kind of hiding it in the pelvis. Yeah, like it's clever. Hmm. Yeah, he's a very nice little figure. Like I have, I, I really can't say anything wrong to him. He's a exceptionally nice little prowl at a very tiny size. Hmm. And then jazz is where I get the kind of engineering level that I expected. Yeah, because am I? <laughs> yeah, because I was wondering. Okay, well, like even like the best the just the best jazz toy I have as from an official source is uh, the reveal the field jazz, and even they still had the door wings, which he's not supposed to have. Yeah, and they had the tires on his torso, which he's not supposed to have. Like I love their solutions. Yeah. Like it just works so nice to just clean up all that extra kibble. That that door fold to hide the entire sides of the car into the legs is incredible. Yeah. Uh, when people say Jazz is better than the Datsuns, I understand where they're coming from. Just from my own taste, there's something about those Datsuns that is like literally perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas Jazz is like got that tiny bit of extra fiddle in how you kind of have to do a couple torso things roughly at the same time. Uh, it's not, not to take anything away from him. And he is, yes, more clever. Cause like you said, with Prowl, you can't make parts of him disappear cause they're, they're literally his body. Um, yeah. but yeah, that jazz is still really freaking cool. Yeah. Jazz is really nice. I do like how, I do like how his door, his, uh, front wheels fold away into his torso and simultaneously create uh, fill in that gap. Just seamlessly, yeah, in the side of his inside of his body, yeah, like the 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 way that New Age's designer, um, I don't even know if it's one designer. Like like to me, that Jazz and Prowl, I I've started to see some of the DNA from Flipper in them a little bit, but like I really want to know who all's working on New Age's stuff because like this stuff feels like so far advanced beyond Flipper, uh. Bearing in mind, obviously Flipper's smaller, right? But like, 
I don't know. There's something about about the jazz, especially where I'm like, this this doesn't feel like the same person worked on this, or they got really good in between uh, at, at doing this stuff. I don't know. Like like Flipper, I think the main thing is like the what the rear wheels do, like how they kind of turn into some inner chunk. Yeah. Um, that's where I can sort of see a connection, but man, it's cool stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> I recommend, mm-hmm. I recommended you take a look at it. I recommend many other people take a look at it. Yeah. Um, but yo, how's that, how is that Ironhide and or Ratchet, that van? Cause I don't really know anything about it. Okay. So McCoy for people who are going to go searching around big bad or DF source. Mm-hmm. Uh, very like very nice vehicle mode. You know, it is the old 80s van down to a T. Uh transformation on him. Pretty freaking involved for the size. Mm-hmm. Like the the legs the legs are uh panels that basically form most of the side of the vehicle. It all just kind of from like front bumper to back bumper. It all kind of fold up to create feet, legs, and everything. A lot of it gets taken up in there. Uh, is a little bit more complicated than the others, but again, he does have little elements like sections on like that slant on his roof in the front. Mm-hmm. That by the time you transform, those are upside down and filling in the top of his torso <laughs> flat. All it's right. a really involved little transformation. <laughs> Like, I, I expected but, as much, but, like, I was, like, I'm, the main thing for me is, like, do, does he fe- have kind of the same kind of f- feeling of solidity as, as Prowl and Jazz? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. All right. Like, every, like everything still fits together nicely. Like, uh, maybe, maybe I'm look, looking for a little bit more to, like, solidly tab his torso, but everything's firm enough that everything just stays in place, and I don't really mind. Yeah. But beyond that, yeah, like he feels as nice as the other ones do, and yeah, they, and, they you know good bit bigger. They cracked a formula with those things right now. Like New Age has whoever it is they're working with. Uh, it's good designs, but also they've got really solid tolerances and materials going on for the most part. Yeah, um, like I, I don't know anything about the clear plastic ones, and I would assume those are the ones that probably are going to feel the weirdest at, over time. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I, even having seen them in person, like I get, they do look kind of nice, but I, I just don't really have any interest. Uh, TJ, I suspect you have zero interest in those. Uh, <laughs> you think? <laughs> have you learned nothing of me? You got a bit of a history with that stuff. Got yeah, slight uh, vendetta. But I'm I'm glad to hear it. So- like, it sounds like like McCoy is doing it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I will I will say like when they get playful. When I like when I like that more is like their Cyclops, which is like a tiny alternator shock blast. Yeah, yeah, like that's super cool. It's a, it's also a really I don't know how to put this. It's uh, because it is a lot less painted than their jazz. It uh, and this is the same thing. Now, you know, speaking of someone who has six versions of the Datsuns, the different paint finishes lead to the toys physically feeling different, and not even like better or worse necessarily. But like it, it, the the shockwave version of Jazz feels almost like a different figure who happens to transform the same way. Uh, it's it's weird, but it's kind of cool. 
It makes me feel rewarded for buying multiple copies of the same design over and over again. Um, are you are you getting any kind of inclination towards picking up the the shockwave? Uh, inclinations on shockwave on blue streak on the blue blue streak on Rick. Uh, standard blue streak. Okay, I, I'm gonna say the blue blue streak. I think is is probably the nicest looking thing they've ever made. <laughs> well, for for me, like I, I I really like blue streak to begin with. Yeah, oh yeah, I, and yeah. Like, for, for like for like for me, like him and Prowl go together. Yeah, like I need that pair. Like this is like there's this weird thing. It's like smokescreen, maybe. maybe. I can do without, but I need these two because these these two I remember working together all the time. Smokescreen and Barricade have the same head sculpt. It is actually a little bit of a weakness in those figures in that it's very easy for that head sculpt to go beneath the wheel level. Uh, it doesn't tuck in as nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'll say very unhelpfully, not only is Blue Blue Streak really nice, but Silver Blue Streak is also really nice. And they they literally look like little model cars in car mode because they're fully painted in car mode. And when you have them on either side of anime blue streak, like it kind of feels really cool. What are you doing? I'm just helping. I'm already like inclined to buy everything they're making. I'm staring at their Insecticons right now. I need to. I know someone who's got those Insecticons, and I as far as I heard, they're good. But I also also like the Insecticons are. Easier to do well in some ways and harder to do well in other ways. It's it's easy to do their robot modes well. It's kind of hard to make their bug modes or transformations engaging because you can kind of you can kind of get a little bit like oh just fold them in half. So I want to I want to read up on them a bit more. That's well, I'm looking at, I'm looking on the backside of some of them and like there there is some additional transformation to clean them up. I expect so. Also, the the other reason I haven't picked them up is because they put them out in two colorways that both look good, and I I don't know which one to pick, and I don't want both. The toy colors are the cartoon colors. I honestly cannot make a decision. Like I like the extra purple on the toy colors, but the cartoon colors look so sleek. Nah. Now the Megatron's coming out as well. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> all these problems I have. <laughs> Somebody pity me. Uh, TJ, I'm really glad you're enjoying the New Age stuff. Uh, it is definitely some of the strongest bang for your buck out there right now. Um, I still like Magic Square's little stuff a lot as well, but it's pricier and you've got to be into the plastic feel. Mm-hmm. Um, New Age's stuff is so straightforward. It's just like, it feels like, it feels like little modern toys. Um, but they, they kind of are. They are also little modern toys. This is true. <laughs> um, well, TJ, I got I got my own little thing I can talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I talked, I got Siege Ratchet, but like, really, it's just, hey, it turns out when everyone said Siege Ironhide was pretty cool, I agree with them when he's Ratchet. Um, the instructions present the medical bay mode as his main alt mode, which is weird. Like, you know how he also turns into a truck. The the instructions portray that as like a third mode. Okay. And it just makes the instructions even more useless. <laughs> Cause you have to halfways transform him into a truck to get that torso swivel, the torso like 180 thing to happen. Mm-hmm. And then you untransform him from that afterwards to get his arms back out, and it's all laid out in the instructions in full. It's, it's confusing. Uh 
His weapons are really cool. It's like three things. It's like a big jointed missile launcher, like the G1 Toys missile launcher, that you can then stick a pistol and a wrench into, but you can pull the pistol and the wrench out. Apparently the wrench is designed to key around some kind of peg, and I can't remember which one, but it's it's floating out there on social media. Uh, very articulated. Uh, I thought I was forgetting to flip a panel out on the car or the truck mode because there's that bit in the back where it's kind of you can see his biceps, I think. And I thought there was supposed to be a panel that goes over that, and there isn't. So I was like, oh, modern toys. Hollow parts. Anyway, I think he's cool. I still want to find Ironhide. It's bothering me that I haven't found Ironhide. Uh, And then uh, I also picked up two Studio Series Deluxes, not on discount, because I just wanted them. Uh, I left behind Helicopter Drift. Uh, I then checked the feedback thread, and apparently he's incredible, so I still want to pick him up. But I picked up High Tower and Car Dropkick. Uh, High Tower is wonderful. Um, we, I know we've talked about him on here before, but I love how much he transforms, and I love how many joints his little leg treadies have. Uh, I love that leg treadies. His little leg treadies. I love how many joints they have. You were talking about him as you would your pet because he, or your he, baby. Hightower is my child, I've decided. Hightower is a beautiful <laughs> baby. Uh, I also love the gigantic ratcheted shoulder or elbow that's in there, like for Devastator. Like the big ratcheted hunk of connector put, port peg thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what that's for, and I love it. Um, love Hightower. Uh, car dropkick. I am enjoying. I was very hesitant because I could only think about what y'all said about Car Shatter to this day, who I still would like to pick up, even though I'm (laughs) I'm very afraid to. Uh, Guess what? what? If you like picking up Shatter, you will be. Part after part at a time over and over. Oh, boy. She's going down in price on Amazon Canada, so I'm waiting for her to hit like 16 bucks, and I think I'm going to do it. Uh, But Car Dropkick transforms a lot. Uh, car mode's pretty solid. Uh, transformation's really cool. Uh, very complex. Robot mode is, like, not falling apart. Uh, he's decently poseable. No, no real waist joint and sort of limited arms and legs, but they, they got basic joints. He can still pose. Uh, he's just mostly designed, he's primarily designed to transform, uh, is what I would say. Um, and also, it's very silly that his gun pegs onto the rear spoiler when there is a giant chasm on the bottom of the car mode that is 90% big enough to hold the gun. So it can't, but it's even in the right shape. And I'm kind of like, was this supposed to, at some point, house his gun? Because it sure looks like it. Uh, I, I would recommend him. He's he's pretty good. He, I would call him, like, lockdown tier. And I, I thought lockdown was pretty solid mid-tier for Studio Series. Uh, I'd say car shatters right there, too. Um, and I got one other thing major I can talk about before I do. TJ, what about you? Any other any other Transformer stuff you want to hit on? Well, I mentioned them, so I might as well talk Spark Armor, Shockwave, and Ratchet. Yeah, I'm still hemming and hawing on that Shockwave. Do you want to talk me into him or out of him, or do you want to just torment me? I don't know. You... <laughs> <laughs> yes, tormenting you, my favorite thing to do. Woo! Um, yeah, he's he's actually pretty good. Um. He's got the simplest solution to Shockwave's gun hand requiring to be the uh, the leg in vehicle mode. It's it's just a gun. 
You take you take it off, and there's his hand. I so I watched Pia's video, and I was actually really perturbed how much it doesn't integrate when you plug it into his hand. I thought it integrated more. Yeah, it just kind of plugs there. Yeah, that that was how I talked myself out of him when he's not on sale because I was like, oh, it doesn't even integrate. No, the fun part about him is the fact that he has so many of those ports, and he has weapons that already associate with them, so. There's actually a lot of little play you can do between all the little parts. Ooh. So like you can make you can make your gigantic just like one massive shockwave cannon on his arm. You can do like one gun hand, one shock blast satellite cannon. So uh my biggest disappointment was there's a little bit of clashing between parts, or else he could almost start wearing his armor in vehicle mode. Because that's just his torso, right? Yeah. But there's just a little bit in the way that doesn't allow them. Like, oh, that would have put him so far above everyone else. I bet, though, you could fan mode him into the Energon alt mode. Like, the satellite alt mode. I mean, possibly could. I mean, the satellite alt mode is not much of an alt mode to begin with. Yeah. That's that's kind of the boon for this whole experiment. But yeah, that's probably entirely possible. Talking myself back into him. Uh, no, the advantage to him is because he well he do, he benefits the way all of the shock waves in that toy line benefit because his alt mode is this spider tank thing. He gets a lot more articulation than anything else of that size. Yeah, well he, he has yeah, to have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, the thigh and bicep swivels are required, which help him tremendously compared to everybody else that's kind of stuck with your basic eight points. Yeah. All right. Man, I mean, he's on sale now, but I'm like, I'm like, maybe he'll go deeper on sale. I mean, wave two, so it hasn't been on the shelves long. Uh, I might wait a little bit. Him and Studio Series uh, Headwound Megatron are like Headwound Megatron has his own Toys R Us SKU, so I'm like they'll eventually be forty percenting him. So I'll wait, but then the Energon armors they're sticking around, but it's not always the same waves that are sticking around. Uh, it doesn't help that I also thought Ratchet looked kind of cool. No, uh, Ratchet's the winner for Wave Two. Damn it, Rad- Ratchet's really nice. Is he better than Prowl? Uh. Well, here, here we go again, where I feel like Prowl's just kind of, eh, he's always kind of doing a Prowl thing. His armor integrates with him well. Because hmm. the, the two, just like, the aesthetic kind of meshes. Uh, I do like Ratchet better. Alright. Uh, Ratchet has this, like, well, mileage may vary because I had to dismantle my Ratchet in order to get him to transform correctly. I saw on Twitter! And I was like, I was like on my phone. And I was like, I cannot actually determine the nature of what's happening here because I'm on the I'm on the transit. But that looks yeah. scary. <laughs> yeah, cool. Because he has those uh, he has those ball socket stems that connect into the torso on loops. Yeah, you know what you see. But there are specific grooves to allow those those stems to fold into his torso without clashing in anything. They were on the wrong sides. Hey. Yeah, had to knock a pin out to get uh, to get that fixed. But transforming him is 
very pleasant now and surprising because he has this quick he has a simple little thing to how the arms transform into the front of the vehicle which is kind of hard to just describe in some way that you can imagine oh man now i need to get but, him but he does have <laughs> he has these double jointed elbows that fold up and that's how you get the sides of the front of the vehicle that sounds and that really just cool. compresses yeah that just compresses down into the entire front half of the vehicle like Imagine like how they get that shape for Optimus Prime's torso all the time and kind of have to fake it yeah. with like swapping out the grill or something. This kind of solves that without really having any massive kibble issues because it's all on the underside of the arm. Yeah. Like it's elegant. It's perfect. And like they should have thought of it a lot sooner. Oh, man. Yeah, I got to I'm probably going to pick him up and Shockwave. Cause like when yeah. those when those when those spark armor um, smallest classes you know hit it like like with with skybite like it's just really pleasant like kind of old scout style transformation uh, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 way into it uh, yeah like if they did this transformation at the warrior size and did something to fold up the empty shell of the leg into something more solid yeah. like I'd be thoroughly happy with him at at that price point oh man. Yeah. And like his armor's cool too. Like it's it's the snow ski which has nothing to do with an ambulance. I mean, that's the theme of but, the whole line, right? Like no one's armor is remotely relevant to them, but it's kind of the fun part. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, it's kind of the thing. You get two completely different types of vehicles. Yeah. Um but yeah, it it works well. I guess I guess because you're putting like snowmobile parts onto a white character, so aesthetically it kind of works. It helps that it's the same shades of red and black, so it incorporates better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one, I just like the idea of using the skis from this from this snow ski as uh, claws. I also really like a thing the artwork does that I wish the figure did, where the the helmet part has like a goggle mask over it. Mm-hmm. And it looks super cool, and I'm like, could I like get it some translucent blue like film or something? And, yeah. Like stick it in there because that, that would top it off nicely. Yeah. I'm not sure why they had this idea where all the helmets are see-through, like the visor. It just this convinces you... people like me that it's all swappable until someone like you who has more of them is like, no, it ain't. It's like sometimes, but... I mean, so, yeah, sometimes <laughs> are swappable. Well, here's what, I, here's what I would say. All the helmets are removable. Hmm. And they're all connect, they all connect on the same, like, universal little system. So, technically, yes. Like... Any helmet would fit on any armor, which means any of them are swappable. Yeah. Just that the armors don't have, like, a... They don't have as universal a set of pegs as I thought they did. Uh, I mean, I mean, you said that, but, like, as I was sitting there, I was swapping armor around. I didn't have trouble getting any armor to connect to any of them. Okay. I just remember there was a... Oh, we talked about this last time. It was it was something involving Starscream, and one of the armors not seating on him the right way or the other way around... Uh, I'm still convinced there's a chance maybe that was, like, just weird peg tolerances. Yeah. Um, but also, they don't advertise it really, either, so it's, it's weird. Uh, and, I, and, and for those listening um, who may not have heard the previous one, I'm talking about the two pegs going down on either side of the head. Obviously, all the different chest locking systems are different for each fi- figure. Um, mm-hmm. That's good to hear about that ratchet, though. Because, like, the shockwave... You know, as you said, it's not like they can really get his alt mode wrong. Um, yeah, getting getting a, an actual like you know box on wheels alt mode is is a bit trickier at that price point, and I'm, I'm glad they were able to pull that off. Um, 
Man, they're on sale until like middle of next week too. I might go find. I might leave Shockwave and pick up Ratchet, which is not something I ever thought I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, I'm also also I'm still this stupid. I'm still eyeballing that Megatron because aside from his pelvis sticking out in his tank mode and his shoulders looking limited, like just standing there, he looks like a really good Cyberverse Megatron. I mean. The base robot just looks like a really nice Megatron figure. Yeah. Like, like honestly, I think he's bottom tier of the line, mm. which is unfortunate for a Megatron. Is he below but, that Starscream? Uh, I, I, I would, well, okay. I would say he's, I, I would say he's definitely the bottom of the four larger ones I have, but I don't have Grimlock yet, and I haven't heard the best things about Grimlock. Okay. I, also, I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't say anything just yet. I'm double bummed out about that Starstream because, like, I still, I'm still, I haven't finished season one of Cyberverse yet, but like, I've watched the promo for season two. Uh, yeah, the Cyberverse cops are coming for me. It just happens. Uh, and I, I, I caught bits of, of season two chatter, and it's like Starstream with that yellow construction vehicle feature in season two, and I'm like, but it's the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Starscream the worst one? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go back and look at that Ratchet again. Oh, maybe he'll have sold out by the time I get back to Toys R Us. We'll see. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else on your plate you want to hit up? Um, you know, you know it's been buying way too much lately. Uh, I, I'm going to call it there just because I think I'm going to be holding back for a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I also. The other day on that sale, another reason I didn't pick up Shockwave is because I picked up Optimus and Bumblebee because <laughs> they're they were on sale, and I thought I heard they were good from someone I know. Uh, is the way I kept describing it as people reminded me it was literally this podcast. Um, yeah. I almost didn't get the Optimus, and I just remembered you said nice things about him, and I remembered the gimmick, and then I looked at him in person, and I was like, that robot mode looks so good. So I I did it. Uh, but I have one thing to talk about on my end. It is important. We've talked about it many times in this podcast. I have MP44 Optimus Prime. I have lots of things to say about him. The first one that is the really boring one, but it's, I guess it is important. Is he worth it? Uh, to most fans I know, no, he is not worth it. Uh, objectively, he is worth his cost. This is because... His trailer is basically a modern Diaclone toy, and those are very expensive because of all the things they do. A third of his instruction book is the trailer. Because... How? The tower and roller and the trailer are three entities that can interact with each other in a billion ways. And there are little doors on the trailer for all the different ways. The, the, The tower can separate from the trailer using a rail connection. It can grow wheels and roll around by itself. The cockpit can separate and attach to roller, if you want. Uh, (laughs) 33% of the instructions are the trailer and all those gubbins, and they are all full of engineering. The three human figures are basically modern Diaclone toys. They have a, their knee cuts are deep enough to be double jointed. They have torso joints and shoulder ball sockets, ball socket necks. They have magnets in their feet. There's magnet strips inside the trailer. So they'll stick on parts of the battle platform. Uh, what I'm trying to make clear here is part of the, I, I didn't think it was going to go this far. 
but a hundred percent he is worth what he costs because you're buying like nearly two hundred dollars of trailer. So when I say no, he's probably not worth it to most of you. It's because I know most of you, from my experiences talking to y'all, want a cab that turns into a robot. And the trailer's a nice bonus, but you're fine if it doesn't do anything. This trailer, someone got carried away working on this trailer. <laughs> and I, I don't mind it now that I have it. I'm like, well, this is, you know, this is dumb, but this is kind of neat. But, you know, if you're trying to suss out this whole piece now that it's out... Uh, it is saddled with an enormous additional cost uh, on the part of its accessories, uh, which are worth it objectively in their craft, in their construction, and their engineering and parts count, etc. But if you just want an Optimus what turns into a truck cab, then of course not. This is not worth it because you're paying for like almost an entirely second package of toy. Uh, if that makes TJ, did that make things clear? <laughs> I don't know if I went on a bit there. Yeah trailer does stuff it is a, it's not not just a box it's a very loaded trailer i'm almost like you know what at this point why didn't you make it turn inside out and be covered in mirrors do the fans project throwback just go for it uh so with that out of the way let's just talk about optimus uh i like him but he definitely does not feel as great as MP36 or MP Sunstreaker. So Megatron and Sunstreaker, I think, are still the pinnacle of the Masterpiece line, uh, not just in its current form. They just feel excellent. Uh, if Optimus Prime's alt mode came together like Ironhide's, because you know, you know how Masterpiece Ironhide's alt mode has that sort of quality where it almost puts itself together? Like as you're as you're transforming Ironhide into a van, like parts kind of align themselves and hook together. Uh, I was sort of waiting for that to happen on Optimus, and it doesn't. And then, like I said, in his truck mode, anyone who owns him knows what I'm talking about. Uh, right at the end, you're closing up the sides of the truck cab, and there's a bit where it's like this blue piece has a C-clip looking thing on it that looks like it's supposed to C-clip onto another blue piece, and it never holds onto it. No matter what you do, no matter what modifications you do, no matter what plastic nubs you shave down, it just never comes together, and it makes the, the silver canisters on the side of the truck mode very easy to come unaligned uh, that part feels extremely movie masterpiece to me as a negative point it's like that's one of those sticking points for all of movie masterpiece is that uh, the larger trucks never come together properly in the truck mode uh, this Optimus comes together very well if you ignore those blue clip together sections otherwise the transformation is being, in my opinion, wildly misrepresented by a lot of pictures going around of him, like, exploded in mid-transformation. Because uh, when you do it in segments, it's a, it's, it's a remarkably clean transformation. It's, it's uh, design-wise, as good as MP Megatron and MP Sunstreaker. Like, when he's turning into a robot, yes, a lot of his robot torso is not the truck. But, like... The way it transforms, it feels like a truck physically evolving into a robot, if that makes any sense. Like, parts are moving in circular motions in parallel to each other in a way that feels organic. Like, it's incredible. Uh, and on his legs, there's a part where if you, like, there's, if you follow, like, uh, the Wotafa, uh, directions, uh, 
or you just have like the red bits folded up and then you you twist this one panel you almost like i felt like i watched a leg panel turn from angular to rounded before my eyes uh like there's incredible stuff going on i think the transformation is remarkable i think it's enjoyable aside from going to truck mode and trying to get those blue bits to hook together uh very specifically uh but I, man like it at first when i first transformed i was like yeah this is a bit much transformed him one more time and i was like no never mind i see it now there is flow uh i just had to i had to identify the direction of the current it's it's there uh he still transforms in sections you don't have to like blow the figure apart and get lost to transform him um there is the issue of his knees uh he's got double jointed double ratchet jointed knees and a lot, uh, TJ, have you seen the reports of people with the breaking knees? Oh, yeah. So thankfully, because I got the toy later than a lot of people, I was able to watch a lot of coverage and I have identified how that happened to some degree. Uh, basically, the upper knee joint bends normally. Then it stops. It runs out of range and the lower knee joint begins to bend. The lower knee joint, for whatever reason... Uh, has a piece that that is like um, how do you put this? It's like half of the letter T, so it's like it's trying to T track itself into a channel inside the kneecap, and if that thing does not hit the channel right, uh, and it, and the hook stays outside of the channel, and you still try to bend the knee, that will make the internal mechanism break because also due to the nature of painted versus unpainted parts, something that probably should have been one single piece is two pieces. Um, held together with an assortment of, of locking tabs. Uh, it's all very unfortunate and reminds me of Masterpiece Hot Rod in that it feels like something where they're trying to do Soul of Chigokin, but they don't have the production facilities to fully pull off Soul of Chigokin. Um, I am a little bit like confused about the railing uh, channeled part of the lower knee joint. I don't really get why that was done. Uh, I think it's to facilitate a sort of organic kneecap mo motion while you bend the leg. But as far as I can tell, if I'm just very careful and I make sure that that second bit goes in, it seems to be working okay. We'll see. The upside to this, the part that wasn't reported as widely, is as far as I've heard, if the ratchet disconnects and it stops being a ratchet joint, it still works completely fine as a friction joint. It just stops ratcheting, and it tends to be the part that moves first. Um, but yeah, anyway, I, I'm the robot mode is just it, it's it's very impressive what they did. Uh, I, I I'm looking forward to hearing more people's thoughts on it as repaints become available, ostensibly without the trailer. Um, or if a, a, you know, luxury high-end knockoff happens that also, like, tries to tweak multiple parts of the, of the design, I'm sure more people have opinions on it then. Um, not saying, like, yay, I hope they knock it off, you take, take that Hasbro down a peg, that kind of nonsense is dumb. Um, but it's, I think it's kind of inevitable, it's just the cycle that we're in. Uh, there's some very clever stuff with the articulation, uh, the way they did the diaper and how part of the diaper kind of inhales into the rest of the diaper when you move his hip forward is very cool. Um, anyway, I, I, I really like transforming the figure. I think it did turn out pretty well. Uh, I think the knees are unfortunate and probably should have come with guidelines how to move them if they were going to be that complicated in design. Um, and I, I think the trailer is unfortunately a massive burden because it's making him prohibitively expensive 
objectively justifiable. Creatively, uh, maybe not as much. Uh, I don't think there are a lot of people attached to the trailer replicating literally everything it could ever do. Um, small upside, though. His jetpack apparently works with Sideswipe. I saw some videos. So they huh. they did catch that part. Oh, the, the Starscream bit is also cute. Uh, the head swaps are actually pretty good. I've seen a lot of talk about the ears being bent. Mine are a little bit finicky, but they're made out of palm, so heat should straighten them if you really want to. Uh, I think if they were made of a more rigid material, the way that the head nestles into the torso, there'd be too wide a margin of error of just snapping his ears off. Um, the alternate head for the worst animation company is cute, but I'm I'm probably never going to use it. Uh... The way the Starscream head goes on is actually pretty cool because it just uses the same... It, all three head swaps use the same mechanism. Oh, there is one... Okay. I have one really nice thing to say about the trailer. It does have a slide-out tray for almost all of his accessories, which is pretty cool. It also then makes it inexcusable that there are two or three accessories that don't fit in that tray. And I'm literally like, why does everything but these have a spot? <laughs> and it's specifically the two Starscream pieces. I'm like, I'm like, where am I ever going to put these if they're not on them? <laughs> Come on, y'all. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm not going to go on super long about MP44. I'll answer questions if people got them, you know, and uh, poke me on Twitter or something. Uh, if it's about whether he's worth it, I hope I answered that. Um, for your tastes, the bang for your buck is probably not there. Uh, if you can ever get the robot on his own with a gun, it's pretty cool. Don't even really need the gun. Um... If you like Di- the the Diaclone reboot line, the trailer feels like it is made for the Diaclone reboot line. Like that's what I mean by how it is kind of expensive for not not doing a ton but being physically good at it. Uh Also, it's a display stand and they left that part out of the instructions if you would believe that. I forgot. Uh, okay, what? So his instructions, he has an adapter for the MP Dinobot stand. And there's a bit at the back showing how that can slide onto his butt and he can work with the MP Dinobot stand. I'm like, I'm like, wait a second though. Wasn't he supposed to have a stand? What was it? There's a photo on the back of the box of him on a stand that is the tower with the cockpit removed and the wheels flipped down. And it does work. It does slot onto his butt. He comes with a stand. They didn't put it in the instructions. Also, the stand has like a locking mechanism for its joints on the, on the top of it that plugs into his butt. Um, I need someone to tell me, is that thing supposed to click lock? Because mine stops locking. It stops moving forward. It feels like I've I've moved it as far into locking position as possible. And it does not really properly lock that joint. It feels like maybe it's supposed to click in, but I don't want to push it too hard. So I need someone to tell me if I'm screwing something up. Anyway, MP44. TJ, do you have any other do you have any other questions about him? Not especially. It's been hard to avoid coverage on the toy at this point. Yeah, like, I think it's a good toy when we're talking about the robot. I think it's it's, it's a masterpiece transformer. Uh, I think the knee the knees thing should have either been designed simpler. I'm trying to figure out if this complicated design is just for the kneecap slide. Because if that's the case, I'd be like, look, you can let the kneecap slide go. Because this is a bit much, but... The transformation is really good, and I, th- I know a lot of it's coming from people who own it. But I'm like, I'm like, don't be so, don't be daunted. It's straightforward. It's just a lot of straightforward. Uh, there is an order of operations. There is a flow to it. It does make sense. 
You just have to think about it in a certain way. Uh, anyway, I am going to stop rambling. Um, TJ, you're going to get... So anyway, obviously, TJ, you're getting MP44, right? Must be in the mail already. Let's be, uh... Uh, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, no, I'm happy with MP10. Like, it's yeah. one of those situations where I really don't feel like paying $400 for what's essentially an upgrade to what I already have. What well, what I'll say is MP44 does not replace MP10. MP44 is the anime masterpiece, Optimus. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But... Because I've seen a lot of people... I, I still haven't... I like it. Well, I was gonna say I've seen a lot of people like like doing side by sides and going like look at this junk and I'm kind of like look I get it but also and and people going like it's not junk MP44 is junk its knees break and I'm like I'm like y'all MP10 is an incredible masterpiece that is most that is more so based on the G1 toy with the animation head that's why the arms are weird mm-hmm. uh, and it's pretty good at that I I would say if you want to upgrade MP10. The Magic Square one is kind of like if you took MP10 and did like a modern pass on it, that's what the Magic Square one feels like. Um, but yeah, keeping MP10 is completely valid. It's a completely different toy. It's transforming com- completely differently. Like, yeah, uh, it has different goals than MP44. Yeah. Like when I just when I say like, oh, I don't feel like needing an upgrade. I mean, I like how MP10 looks on my shelves with my other masterpiece toys. Yeah. And I don't feel like I need to have something that looks more like what I remember as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, MP44 is just... It, boy, I, I like that transformation. I, I think I actually still like some of the the third-party off... Not some of. There's only one other one I like uh, as much. Magic Square's transformation is okay, but it's it's MP10+. plus. It's like... It's a fun toy transformation. Transform Elements, that designer who also worked on DX9 Mitron, that designer is onto something with that transformation. It's not... It's neither better nor worse. I just think I like it a bit more. But MP44 has some really, really cool ideas and such flow. The flow is untouchable on, on, on some parts of that. Anyway, that's my on topic, what I got this week. TJ, close things up a bit. Do you want to talk a little bit, a little bit off topic? You got anything pertinent uh, of, of late that came into your life? Uh, I'm, I'm, like, I'm trying to think if I had anything that's appropriate here because... The things I got off topic were like, uh, I I think I got my I got a custom miniature for my D and D campaign, but yeah. that's like one of those topics where like, where's Aaron? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well, we we could save some stuff for when he's back, and we can torment him. Yeah, at- like like I'd like to save that. And the other thing I got off topic was uh, was a Lego thing. So oh yeah, what I feel like. I feel like it'd be wrong to do without him. When I say torment, uh, I mean at the end of a 50-hour work day. Let's call it a work day, even if that's physically impossible. And we get Aaron on a podcast, and then, like, after an hour and a half, we're like, Aaron, Lego! And then you can hear Aaron going, like, I like Lego! I do! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, um, actually, about an hour before the podcast, I got a new printer. Hey! I got a... Cause, I have had one for I a try, while. I but, tried... Pr- I, Tried printing out an eBay label and it sounded like a brick went through it. Yeah. Did you end up with one of those ones that does other stuff? Because I feel like it's harder to get one that's just a printer now. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's hard. I can't. I couldn't find just like just print stuff. No, no, no. This is a scanner copier printer. I always take that as. Okay. I t- I took that as I guess I'm getting those functions for free since this is the only option. Like, well, well, like printers aren't 
terribly expensive. Like it was, it was fifty bucks. Yeah. You know, like as, as long as it's it's printing my eBay labels, that's all I really needed <laughs> I to do. I could have saved ten dollars by not getting the scanner function. Yeah, but you know what? I have an old piece of junk scanner that I can now throw out. Yay! Or take <laughs> that's less. Take it out yeah, to the field that's... and smash it with a stick. I, I feel like a stick would take a while. Oh, well, you know, it depends on okay, baseball bat, crowbar, other human. I don't okay, know. okay, <laughs> okay. I would argue a crowbar is not a stick. It's kind. I think it's you... a metal stick made for opening it's... boxes made out of flat sticks. It's a bar. Yeah, a bar is kind of like a stick. between a. God. <laughs> are you really going to argue about stick versus bar? I'm going to say stick and bar are sibling words. I think they're syn- synonyms to some degree. They're, they're, they are. They are. They are. They are similar concepts. Yes. We're just not used to saying I have a bar of wood. Or, or a stick of metal. Yeah, I I say stick of metal all the time. It's like some people know me in town. Oh, it's this, it's the stick metal guy. He's here to talk about those wooden bars again. Uh, well, what, you can have wooden bars. You can have like a wooden cage. You know. Well, but the, is that not just an assembly of sticks in the shape of a box? Uh, yes. Yes. Well, there you, there yes. you go. There you go. Well, whatever you do with that scanner, I hope it is satisfying. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. Yes. TJ, I ho- I ho- TJ's like I said. I was throwing it away already. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do with the scanner, <laughs> just, just tapping my nose deafeningly. Like <laughs> now, my nose is bleeding. Uh, it's not really bleeding. Um, I'm just trying to think if I had anything off topic pertinent to add. When I was in Germany, I got a Super 8 camera for five euro. That's $7.50 Canadian. Oh. I don't know if it works. It might be broken. But the, the Zoom works. I have to get a new battery for it. It's from 1964. Oh, jeez. So I was like, you know what? For five euros, even if this doesn't actually work, work. It's it five euros and it's from 1964. Uh, it's a brawn, uh camera. Uh, so I, I got to get a battery for it, see if it still actually runs. It has film in it, even. <laughs> um. That was I'm not cool. sure that's good anymore. <laughs> no, I opened it to see the film, so I'm like, well, I'm. I told myself I'm probably not the first person to open this camera in the last four decades, so I'm sure someone else ruined this film and not me. But uh, also, I went to Germany. Germany was fun. Let me just say that too. Yeah, uh, it's a good time. I it, went to fa- I, yeah. I went to fake Germany. Yeah, you went to fake Germany and still had some pretty good strudel. Mm-hmm. Um, my Germany it was fun. It was retiring. It was not what I would really call a vacation. It was for uh, for some family stuff. Uh, nothing terrible. I'll just clarify. We we did not go there for like you know something awful. Um, but it it, it was kind of a, a lot of love in the atmosphere and a little bit of pain in the atmosphere. And uh, and I also hadn't been there for thirteen years. So there was a lot of catching up with family and I, I did not have much time that was not surrounded by family. It was a good problem to have, but it was also tiring. And also, two people had bronchitis, and then a third person who was my mom had bronchitis right before we traveled. It kind of now I probably have it. Like we're <laughs> it's ongoing. Uh, but anyway. Uh, thank you all for listening. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, gonna to call 571 here. So uh, we will talk to you all later. Uh, podcast will continue just trucking along as it does. We'll always have TCG stuff coming. It was kind of mentioned in the comment, like, 
is TCG stuff taking a bit of a precedence? Like when we have um, reveals to do or we record with, with wizards, like those are getting some preference because usually they're related to like spoilers or something that's somewhat recently happened. So I am trying to push those a bit harder. Um, also, I like the TCG, so that is partly why. Uh, but I don't plan to stop doing other stuff. So, you know, it comes out as it comes out. Uh, and we're trucking along. We're still going to do fun things. Uh, but until we do another fun thing, we'll talk to you all later. TJ, thanks for joining me. <laughs> and uh, Always fun. Yeah. And uh, Aaron, hopefully hopefully everything's okay uh, with uh, with what's going on here. And Aaron's also very... He had like a 50-hour work week uh, last week. That's why we didn't record Friday. Because he was kind of like, I can do tonight, but it would be great to do tomorrow. And it was like, all right. <laughs> We can do that. We, Aaron's friends, will facilitate Aaron's ability to be a living human. That's how I worded it. Yeah. Uh, So, until next time, we'll talk to you later. And uh, until then, before or after, please stay safe. It means, but you got some badass perpetrators now here to stay.